0: Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ. I'm glad that you have come back today as we're going to be finishing up chapter 13 of 2 Corinthians. Just a reminder though, next week we will not be having uh, any videos, any lessons next week. Uh, just to take a, a little bit of a break and, and get ready for the, the next study that we'll, we will be having. But just to remind you of that. Uh, again, starting 2 Corinthians 13, uh, the final chapter of this study. We have been studying these letters to Corinth for for quite some time. And I, I know that that I have learned a lot from, from these studies, and I hope uh, that you have as well. But beginning there in verse 1, Paul says, This is the third time I am coming to you. Now, that's very similar to what we talked about Back in chapter 12 and verse 14, that doesn't mean that he had already come for the second time, but that this was the third time that he was, he was preparing to go see them. The first time, of course, we see in Acts chapter 18, he had gone, he had worked with them. Uh, the second time we see at the end of 1 Corinthians 16, where he was making plans to go to them, but as we see at the beginning of 2 Corinthians, uh, we see that those plans had changed. And so now he is getting ready and and making plans again for the third time to go see them. And as he says, every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now this is an Old Testament principle that we see in a number of passages, one of which is Deuteronomy 19 and verse 15, that any time there was a charge made against someone, there had to be more than just one witness. There had to be multiple people that could uh cooperate and and have that witness of what had actually happened and i think that what paul is saying here is in relation to the sins of the corinthians because that's what he's been talking about that's what he talked about previously and that's what he's going to be talking about right after this and so to me it just seems to make the most sense that that's what he's talking about at the end of chapter 12 He was fearful of of having to correct them and and he lists a few different sins at the end of verse 21 and then in verses 2 and following he again talks about that correction and so I think what he is is discussing here is the fact that him correcting them is not going to be unjust because there were many witnesses of the sins and of the division and of the slander uh, that was made against Paul and as he says in verse 2, I warned those who sinned before me and all the others, and I warn them now while absent as I did when present on my second visit, that if I come again I will not spare them. Now, I know I just said that Paul had not been there a second time, and I still think that's true, but I think the way that the ESV translates this is not, not correct. Uh, the New King James translates this differently and I think that this is better because it flows better with the context because I feel like here in verse 2 it poses a, a, a contradiction if you will but the, the New King James says there as if I was present the second time which I think again makes the most sense with the context and with everything that he has said thus far I warn those who sinned before all and, and all others and warn them now while absent as if I were present the second time. Again, I think that just with the context and with even the sentence and this, this verse itself, I think that that translation makes the most sense. He is warning them with the same authority, though he is absent. He's warning them with that same authority as if he were present. And he's, he's discussed that and mentioned that before in this letter as well. He says there in verse 3, "...since you seek proof that Christ is speaking in me, he is not weak in dwelling with you, but is powerful among you." That idea of, of Paul's correction being proof that Christ is working through him. "...for he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God." Talking about Christ. "...they considered him to be weak and feeble when he was crucified, but in reality he had the power of God." For we also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, we live with him by the power of God. That same idea, though they considered Paul to be feeble and weak, he dealt with them with the power of God. And so he says in verse 5, Because of these things, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? unless indeed you fail to meet the test. He is urging them to look at themselves and to make the proper corrections and to change whatever needs to be changed because dropping down to verse 10, he he again reiterates the fact that he does not want to have to correct them when he comes to them. And so he, he is urging them to examine themselves. To measure themselves according to the standard of God's Word and to correct anything that needs to be corrected and as he says in verse 6 I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test he's saying even if they were to put Paul to that same test and examine him they would find that he did not fall short that he kept the Word of God that he was faithful that he had lived a just and righteous life And in verse 7 verses 7 through 9 are are interesting he says but we pray to God that you may not do wrong not that we may appear to have met the test but that you may do what is right though we may seem to have failed so in verse 6 he's saying if you were to test us if you were to examine us you would see that we lived a righteous life they would not fail that test so to speak but he says their main priority and their main desire is that the corinthians do what is right not just as he says not that we may appear to have met the test not just so that other their whole purpose in this is not so that everybody will know that they lived a righteous life their purpose is to help the corinthians do what is right even if people view them as being weak even if people view them as As being inferior if the Corinthians are doing in essence what Paul is saying is that if the Corinthians are doing what is right then he doesn't care what they say about him but of course they weren't and so he was correcting them and in verse 9 or verse 8 rather he says for we cannot do anything against the truth but only for the truth I think that is somewhat self-explanatory they everything they did was simply to promote the truth and to help others obey it. And he says in verse nine, for we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. Again, he, he was willing to be considered weak and feeble and ineffectual if it meant that those in Corinth were living righteously. And again, he didn't care. If they, were, if they were right with God, he didn't care necessarily how they viewed him. The main thing that he cared about was that they were right with God and I think that just shows the love that Paul had for them but unfortunately again they were not living right with God and so he was having to correct them and to fix a lot of a lot of the issues that they had within the church and as I mentioned a moment ago in verse 10 he says for this reason I write these things while I am away from you, that when I come, I may not have to be severe in my use of the authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. He, though he has the authority certainly to correct, and in fact, every Christian has the authority and the charge to correct uh, error. Second Timothy 4 and verse 2 to preach the word and be instant in season and out of season, to, to be willing to rebuke and to reprove and to correct. But Paul says he didn't want to have to do that. He didn't want to have to correct the Corinthians. And so he was writing these letters in the hopes that they would take these things to heart and to correct the issues. And, and as he discusses early in the book of 2 Corinthians, they had done and made at least some corrections but there were still many other things that needed to be changed and so that's what he's talking about here in verses 1 through 10 kind of that that final admonition to them to correct those things that needed to be corrected before Paul got there and the last part of this this book and chapter is is very similar to the ending of many of the letters that Paul wrote verses 11 through 14 just give them a couple of final remarks and, and he sends his greetings to those in Corinth. And here he says, Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with the holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's the end of Second Corinthians, Paul correcting many issues, commending them on repenting and correcting the things that they had and urging them to continue to correct their sin, to correct their error so that he could be with them and they would be able to enjoy being with one another. Again, I, I hope that this study has been as beneficial for you as it has been for me. Again, I know I have learned, learned a lot through the study of not just this, this second Corinthians, this letter written to them, but also the previous study that we did of first Corinthians. And again, just a reminder, we will not be having uh, videos next week, but we'll pick up the week after that. I thank you so much for your time and for your attention here and I hope that you'll come back uh, when we resume our studies.